Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Okay, this is a 30-second commercial, and I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you, but please stay with me. In just 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. This company has been offering great rates and great service for over 75 years, and anytime you need help, you can speak to one of their trained specialists 24-7. That company is Geico. Go to geico.com today. Sorry for all the numbers. And in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, I'm out of time. Now, Podcast One brings you Spike's Car Radio. A downloadable Cars and Coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast, Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. Welcome to Spike's Car Radio, everybody. We're here for a very Porsche-centric show. Zuckerman's already in a bad mood. He's already pissing and moaning at me because I'm trying to get on with the show and not waste everybody's time here. What? What? It's 10 o'clock, and that's not... This it's, is prime... It's 10... 10.06. And this is prime money-making time for me. You, you have interrupted <laughs> Nobody money cares. Money for a Californian, 10.06 no, is yes, 10 o'clock. Nobody cares. If you're, here, if you're listening, there's another voice in the room, and that is the voice of... Jeez, uh, uh, I don't know. Porsche, what's the best way of describing this guy? For, wow. First of all, a, a, an automotive journalist, uh, unparalleled Porsche... Par excellence. ...enthusiast and, and knowledgeable. His name is Pete Stout. He was the uh, the editor of Panorama Magazine, the the editor of Excellence Magazine, and he's here with his new, is it fair to say, magazine? Do we call this yep. a magazine? Yes. Triple Zero. We call it a magazine. And we're going to hear all about it. Pete, thanks for coming in. This is going to be so much fun. I'm so excited to have you here because we can, we can just sit and talk Porsches for the next... Well, I was going to say an hour, but Zuckerman was late. So the next uh, 54, 54 minutes. minutes. 54 minutes. 54 minutes. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> I don't know if the listener can hear that. I'm joking. I was late yesterday, by the way. Well, so. I can already tell we're going to have fun because it's, it's been it's a while totally since that fine. lunch we had on the coast. Which, uh, that was a great lunch. <clears throat> I seem to recall I got in the car with you, Spike, in your uh, red car. Right. And, and we, got, we got to enjoy that exhaust for, I think it was three gears. Three gears. That was back in Monterey, Pebble Beach Car Week. And uh, we, Jerry, Paul, and I brought cars up there and we bumped into you, yep. Pete. And yep. we, we always take a nice drive and we go have uh, a little food at Nepente. Is that where we That's go, Zuckerman? We right. And Pete Stout was hanging around. He goes, hey, do, do, do you mind if I come with you guys? <laughs> and we went, absolutely, because we knew not only you, you're far more knowledgeable about the Porsche brand than we are, we knew you, you had a bunch of good stories to tell us. And maybe today we can talk about some of those stories. I know right off the bat, we, we took a drive. I think we had a, a 73 RS, the yes. Tangerine car, 8-ball, uh, the 68 yes. Trans Am car. And what did Jerry have? He what had was first he? 911. Oh, oh, only the first Only the first 911. Only the first 911. And you uh, rode in everybody's car. Yeah, I rode and, in everybody's car. And uh, it was so much fun to have you there. And then we stopped uh, at Nepente. We went out on the patio, and we just we talked about Porsches for about two right. hours. And one of our favorite stories um, that, that – and can we talk – actually, I don't can know. Can we out the, you on that story? The can, Cat Bob story? It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not fun if you don't out me on some stories. So. Well, the first story that we loved was the story of Cat Bob. 
Yeah, we'll leave him as Cat Bob. We'll leave him as somewhat nebulous. It's okay, that's Cat Bob. That's Cat Bob. Right. That okay. was that made us laugh. Free. It still makes us laugh. Oh, well, yes. it's all, and it also was intriguing because it involved a very beautiful car, right? Oh yes. Take absolutely. us take a us special, through this story special. a little bit. Let's talk about the Cat Bob story. Yeah. So it's it's a car that is has it's been seen a couple of times. Uh, but not very often. We did a story on it in Panorama. We may do something on it in Triple Zero in more depth because really it's a car that deserves more pages than you can allot to it. You know, right. In, in a typical magazine article, you can do maybe five, seven, nine pages. Thirteen's a big deal. And now I can do things in the neighborhood of 30, 40, in one case, 90 pages on a single car. Because wow. so, that, that car says so much not only about Porsche. It really says tons <clears throat> about Porsche and yeah. tons about a guy. And this car deserves that story because it it, it is – to date, the most exclusive, exclusive car they ever built. It's the wildest Sunderwunsche car that they Well, ever everybody built. is out there listening now going, what car is he talking about? So it began with a Carrera 3.2. It started out with a, a guy who decided he wanted to just go get a black 911 coupe. That's just all he wanted. So he walked in the in, 80s. In the 80s. So he walks into a Manhattan dealership and orders a black Carrera coupe. But he hates the vinyl dash, which I happen to love. I like that. I like it for like all its graininess and all its, you know, cheap vinyl, just industrial self. I just love that stuff. And you can still get it in a 991. You can, if you, if you skip the leather, it comes with that sort of G50 ish. It kind of comes with that G50 ish vinyl dash. There's but nothing I love better than that dash. I, I, Why would I dig you want it. leather? Well, right. so, so this guy wants leather. Inexplicably, right. he wants leather. Lots of people who like leather. And so he goes in and he says, you know, I just don't like that vinyl dash. So what can you do about that? Can I get leather? And they said, well, you know, yeah, you can get leather. We'll, you know, we'll order it. So they come back to him and say, you know, Bob, we're sorry. Can't get the leather. Uh, there's a moratorium on it in the United States because some consumer laws here allowed uh, people who were having their leather dashes wilt in the sun in Arizona and Southern California warranty those dashes, and Porsche right. didn't want to deal with it. So they refused. So PCNA said no. So then Bob being Bob. And that's Porsche Cars North America. Yes, Porsche Just Cars North America. Yes, exactly. Interrupt me at any time for these things. I tend to speak in acronyms, which is a no, terrible habit. It's a terrible habit. So, so Bob – starts calling people randomly in Germany, just finds phone numbers and just starts calling. <laughs> Love this now, guy. Bob is uh, – he lives in, in – Manhattan. Uh, in Manhattan. Successful right? guy. Yes, successful, successful guy. Self-made. A Self-made. Bit, and a bit of an eccentric. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right. Uh, but a good guy. I've been talking to this guy on the phone <clears throat> for 20 years, and I actually really enjoy our phone calls typically. Right. So he calls Germany and just keeps calling phone numbers until he gets someone <laughs> – <laughs> who says, yes, we can do that for you. But he's calling the factory. He's not just calling yeah, random people no, in he, Germany. Going. I think he's got a – he probably – knowing him, he probably had a phone book mailed in from Stuttgart. I'm guessing wow. something like this. This is pre-internet days. That's right. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you got to think about this. Directory. This is 87, 88, something he like this. He papered his bedroom wall with <laughs> of pictures and yarn connecting faces <laughs> and the whole deal. So they, so they, say, they say, okay, we can do it. We'll do it. So somehow he puts one over on PCNA and gets this done. And then they <clears> say, well, you know, it's the 89 will be the last year for the turbo. The 911 turbo mm-hmm. is going to be the last year, and it's kind of a special thing. We're going to do a five-speed transmission, and we've never done that. Would you like a five-speed transmission? Would you like a turbo? And, you know, the classic upsell. Right. And so he says, okay, you know, I'll, I'll, do, a, <laughs> I'll do a black, black turbo five-speed. Great. 
So then they call and say, you know, uh, it's going to be the last year also for the slant nose, and this could really become something special. <laughs> and so it sort of snowballed at that point. And that right. point it became a turbo slant nose cabriolet, which back in the day <laughs> I'd have to go back to the car and driver article, but I think those things were – about $30,000 as an option package. You're into the deep six figures You're with this car in, in, the, in the late 80s. That's a, that's lot, a lot of dough. dough for a car, right? right. That's yeah. just the beginning right. of this story because at that point, somehow it turns into the last 930, the last one, The period. very last the, one, period. The last car. And judging by Spike's face, I think you might have forgotten that detail. Yeah, it's, I did. It's I the did. last car. I so did not know that. What it ended up snowballing into was leather everything. And everything. I, and I do mean everything. The seatbelt plungers. <laughs> the seatbelt plungers, for lack of a better term, I'm not sure what you call those things, tangs. But yep. those things, the, the plastic around that is leather with hand-stitched. Really? It has a battery cutoff, like a race car, the red, the, the typical yeah. uh, red mm -hmm. switch that goes in the front trunk. That is red leather. Wow. Everything on this car, the gauge faces, the odometer. The gauge faces. Inside. The detail that leather. I was so offended by. I was just like, oh, the, the faces of the gauges are covered in leather. It's How many amazing. cows died for uh, this car in your Well, account? at least it is an alligator skin. <laughs> at least it's not VDO and alligator skin. Right. But, <clears throat> excuse me. But, but even like, they, 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 like a croc, uh, crocodile watch band, I like the way that looks. But this, <clears throat> I've seen that car because I saw the pictures of it. It does actually doesn't look so bad. Oh, it doesn't it doesn't look so come bad. on, leather face. Well, well, I just don't. I don't. I don't. The, getting off on leather is such a weird. But you realize, like I, but that but, at the point that that's the, in the special wishes department <clears throat> will cover stuff in leather, so they have these little cobblers that are there with their leather and their sewings. I, I know, I don't, but isn't, how the, you, isn't the convertible top leather too? No, the convertible yeah. top's not leather, but <laughs> the convertible. But, <laughs> but the convertible top is a trip all by itself. <clears throat> So the convertible top it has a leather tonneau cover. So right, you're right that, on that. Oh, man. And then it has an automatic sensor that if it's raining, it will put the top up. Not that this car has ever been outside in the rain. Although I heard at one point it was d during a photo shoot, it began to rain, and it became immediate that the car went back in the trailer. But the there's a sensor in the interior that if it's raining and the top is down, it puts the top up unless the leather tonneau cover is in place, and then it knows not to put the top up. So this thing... It's got leather gauge faces, leather buttons for the the odometer reads that tiny little oh stick that, right. that that resets the odometer, and then you know those freaky rear windshield wiper switches mm -hmm. on G fifty nine elevens that sort of that tiny little bezel that's sort of the scatter gun ergonomics of those cars. We sort of right. we don't know where to put the sunroof button, so we're mm -hmm. just going to put it under the tack here. Mm -hmm. Well, all of that is covered in leather, even the bezels. So everything on this car is in leather. 17-inch BBS wheels from the factory when they only did 16s. <clears throat> covered in leather. Covered in leather. <laughs> covered in leather. Leather, leather tires. Leather six-speed Leather gasoline. <laughs> leather six-speed Leather face mask. Yeah. Where, where <laughs> is, leather chaps. Where is Fallon leather where you need roof. it for a leather My skin? leather pimp hat, it and then I get in it. it How well, do you enjoy leather, Pete Stout? Uh, you know what I mean? How do you enjoy leather switches? Okay, so I got to tell you, true confession, I just learned that I'm not a leather dash guy. I ordered a car with a leather dash. Right. Not liking the leather dash. It's not for me. This is no. The I, new cars don't have any leather smell, and and that car must smell like 
oh, a brand yeah. new Italian yeah. shoe. That was when they were still using, I believe, Roser leather. Do you guys know about Roser no, leather? No, I want to know what the, what, what the difference in smell is, though. So it, I would like to know that, too. And now I wonder if there's a way to do that. I might go see this car soon. And that, now you've got me very curious. I've never seen the car in person. I've only seen photos of it. Oh, no, that's not true. I did go see it. I stopped in New Jersey, and that was a that was a interesting evening. How many years did it take for this car to <laughs> well, actually come question. out? Because it didn't come. He didn't get it in 89, 1991. <laughs> delivered in 1991. Oh, Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> They're making 964s, <laughs> no, right? They're deep point. into 964s. Yeah. Now, wait for it. <clears throat> there's a, special there's wish. a plaque. There's a, I believe it's gold-plated. It might be brass plaque in the front trunk. That, it's not that leather. Signed, not, not leather. Signed by a fairy Porsche that says, this be the last Amen. Because uh, wow. he kept asking for other shit. Well, right? exactly. It's, it That's says exactly. what? It, it says amen because I think they were happy to see this, this project go. This be the last? This be the last amen. This be the it last. It was the last 930. Last true amen. torsion Because they couldn't get it out of the factory. They couldn't get it out of the works department. And is this guy now driving this car still? No, the car – that's one of the more interesting aspects. The car has never been driven. It's both heartbreaking and also uh, intriguing. His view is that the car is art. His view is that the car, the resulting car, what it started as a Carrera 3.2 with only one option. I forgot mm-hmm. that detail. All he wanted was a leather dash. <laughs> Nothing else. Just a leather no, dash that was in your in there. You said that. And it grew into this grew monster into th- project. That cost more than a 959 when new. Whoa. Think and about that. There was, I think there were trips on the private jet. Am I allowed to say this no. part? <laughs> oh, those are oh, those stories are amazing. I, and that, that's that where the, that's that where the nickname. Some of those might be Catbob stories. No, no, come so in. that actually comes. The Catbob comes from a from a different spot, and that was uh, his fondness for his cat. His fondness for his cat, and, and then when nick. I got married. <laughs> When I got married, I got my wife a cat as a wedding gift, partly because my father had gotten my mom a, a cat as a wedding gift, and I saw how much it meant to my mom. And so I, I think there's a somewhat Pavlovian response. I'm not right. quite sure Did all these things. Did your wife like that cat gift that uh, you gave Well, her? the curiosity with that cat was the cat loved me and hated my wife. <laughs> and, Always works that way. And, and, and in fact, in our long haul in San Francisco – I would come home, and the thing would come running down the 20-foot hall and do a dance for me. Although, otherwise, if you tried to touch it, it would take a hand off. It was an awful cat. But my, my, my wife would walk up to the front door, and one time I was gone on a business trip, and the cat comes around the corner, sees that it's my wife, turns or stops, turns around and leaves. So that was the relationship my wife That's had with this cat. quite a gift. But nonetheless, I knew that Bob loved cats, so I sent him a photo of Piper. And he responds with, your cat is now posted uh, in the halls of Weissach Flocht, where there are many cat enthusiasts. <laughs> and, and so through some... We have to meet this guy. So so, I, I, no, okay. we had arranged, no, I had arranged a meeting. I thought we had arranged Jen, a meeting while we were in New like, York. He, okay. We, if if Jerry, you didn't yeah. come, right? No, Jerry decided he didn't want to do it. Well, then oh. we should go sometime. We should all go okay. when we're in let's New York. I'm going to be in New York very soon. Let's, very let's, soon. Let's, I need to get there soon. Here's the part I remember. And you can cut this if you want. But I remember, the cat, oh. I remember the cat got sick. He oh, went, it's amazing. I so remember this yes. is the part, the crazy yes. guy with a lot of money. So that, that's connected to the PCCB story. And I don't think... Bob, I'm a venture on my friendship a little bit here, but I think I think Bob would be cool with it, especially since we're not uh, identifying him by name per se. But basically, uh, Bob was building a hot rod, 
and the thing about Bob that you have to remember with the, with the slant nose as well as anything else is it's not a matter of money. It's a matter of what can. And the guy is interested in what can be done. So it doesn't matter. It, it becomes a thing of can you do, what else can you cover in leather? So in this case, he was building <laughs> how light a brake caliper can you build? How okay. light a brake system can you build? I mean, mm -hmm. the, the slant nose was not all leather. It's six-speed transmission, 17-inch wheels. There's other tricks to that car that are mechanical. So he's always had an interest in the engineering side. So I think he ordered or somehow got a set of PCCB brakes back when these were the hot thing for a 996 GT2, GT3. And if you had to re re did you have to ever have to replace a set? It's not pretty. It's you know, mm -hmm. 20, 30, 40K. You know, and the car was 100, 120. 180, depending didn't on what that it start was. a whole carbon fiber oh, yes. uh, obsession with this guy? And yeah, he's oh, got yeah, it. for sure. He, Actually, he, he, was he was before that. He was on the leading edge of that before that with his 964. He right. was doing all the carbon fiber stuff. So he got these, he was intrigued by these carbon ceramic brakes. So he ordered a set from Porsche and quickly decided that they were not light enough for him. He was interested in redoing them in beryllium. Which of course was outlawed in Formula Arithium. One. So, and you're not supposed to touch with your hands, or you know, you're not supposed to touch beryllium, yeah, or breathe near it, or whatever the but whatever the deal the is. Yeah, yeah, but it stuffs the car safely. Uh, it might beryllium kill you in the process. Faces, you know, your your pit crew might not make it to the next race. But honey, here's so, some beryllium for our wedding present. Here you go. So Bob goes onto a Porsche form and says, "Here's the deal. You know, uh, I got this set of brakes for free." Mm -hmm. Uh, he's just out with it. He just I got this set of brakes for free, and I will I will uh, give them to anybody here who donates eight thousand dollars to this university, which happens to be the university of his favorite cat doctor in the United <laughs> States, <laughs> whom whom he did fly his cat to in a private jet for surgery. <laughs> so, and, awesome. and, and and legend has it <clears throat> that he actually uh, did an emergency landing at one of the airports mm -hmm. in the New York, greater New York area with. So, in the middle of a storm. Exactly. Because the cat was That's sick. Because, because the cat was, the sick. Cat was sick. And he well, said, course, land it now. And he walked up to the front. Cat, and he loves Porsches. Yeah, he loves his cat, loves his Porsches. So <laughs> the he... So he, and he loves beryllium. And he loves beryllium. <laughs> and leather everything. So he goes. <clears throat> so he so he goes on the forum and says, "Here's the deal. I'll sell. I'll give these to anybody who donates eight thousand mm -hmm. dollars to this university. Kind of a great setup. He doesn't hard sell it. Doesn't say, hey, it's tax deductible. It doesn't. Great deal for someone. Doesn't mention cats. <laughs> doesn't mention cats. I don't think. And essentially, uh, true to form, the Porsche guys start lowballing him. All these guys oh, start lowballing him. That's so good. And so he just goes down and throws it in the dumpster. Gone. <laughs> Unused set. So for him, it's not about money. And it's one of the things I like <clears throat> about him. It's mm -hmm. one of the things I actually enjoy in speaking with him. And over the years, at one point, we got to a place where I was working on a story, and it's still an ongoing story, through a series of freelancers. And we kept burning freelancers because freelancers are relatively smart in the sense that they want to get paid at some – they want to see some end goal. And with him, the end goal just kept getting moved out by years because it's a hobby. And so at one point, I finally decided to put all the chips on the table and just said, Bob, all right. I was seeing that I was going to have to do the story myself if it was ever going to get published. And I said, Bob, you know, a lot of people would say, so you're making this car lightweight and you're getting rid of the power windows. No. Bob, you're getting rid of the air conditioning. No. And he's got a 55-page list of carbon fiber, beryllium, and other modifications on this car. And I say, uh, okay, so 
and I'm guessing that at that time, a hot rod like what we're used to seeing, a great, a cool RS, you know, sort of replica or, or, or an outlaw was a hundred, hundred fifty, two hundred thousand dollars. I'm guessing at that point he was somewhere around three to six million dollars into this. Hot oh, jeez. And so, I said, I said, okay, so you're you're not. Where is this car? We it's been in the magazine. I've no, seen this no. Car, no, this car. No, this car has some parts have filtered out. So it's green. It's green. I've seen green. Three million dollar outlaw. Yep. That yeah. no one's seen, but no I've one's seen, seen some pictures. There's some pictures of, of did it. Did I just see one on? I saw a little green outlaw on Instagram this, this morning that R. Elfer posted. Do you yes. happen to see this one? Yeah, I and to, I was I looking at the front of it, going, "What? What car is that?" It had a little Carrera stripe on the side of it that looked like uh, an RS, but didn't look like it. Shouldn't have a stripe on it. It was this like one. a Conda green car. Yeah. yeah, this one's a 964. Oh, it is. And okay. uh, and so he's been working on it forever, <clears throat> and basically. He gets to this place where he's in the project, and I'm asking all these questions about, well, okay, so you're getting rid of the Tiptronic, right? And he said no. And I said, so you're spending unreal amounts of money to remove all this weight. And uh-huh. You're keeping power windows. You're keeping air conditioning. Right. You're keeping the automatic transmission. So what are you going to do with it? Are you going to drive it? He says no. And I said, well, this is where I said throw the chips down and just say, well, you know, Bob, tell me here – a lot of people would say you're crazy. Tell right. me why you're not. I didn't know how he'd react to that question. <laughs> Great question. Come right out. That's it's, the that's the uh, that's the interviewer way of saying I think you're crazy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> when you taught how to interview Except people, I'm not that smart. you always attribute it to someone else. A lot of people would say <laughs> I've asked that question before, but that's always you. You <laughs> think he might be crazy. So he, and he said, "No, I'm and, giving this card to my and cat." And he had a great answer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then the cat surgeon. It's well, in I memory need, of the I've cat. saved so much weight with the tiny cat seats inside. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, he said, he said, I am not a, I am not a driver. He said, but if I can be interested, if I can be involved in the engineering of a thing, right, right. then I'm interested. So, there was another part of the story that you just it triggered in my mind. <laughs> I have, I do have a great lawyer's memory for the little weird yes, scabs do. in the story. Mm-hmm. What does he drive? He drives only oh, one oh, kind I of know. car. I remember that. I love this. Yeah. I remember. Yes. Well, no, he doesn't drive. But at the time, for a while, he drove, and he, he told he me about it. He would rent cars, and he yes. had a very specific, specific car that he yes. rented. <clears throat> he was really into the geometric. <laughs> <laughs> and he insisted on it. Insisted. It's another reason why on it. I love this guy. And and so, you know. The worst, shittiest he car tra- in the world. Does he travel? Cheap. Will he come out here and come on this podcast oh, and talk I to Oh, I doubt us? that. I highly doubt that. Let's fly there. Pretty We'll take the guy. briefcase and the microphones to him. Would he do that? I don't know. Maybe. I could talk to him about We're gonna have What some was outreach. the passion for the Geo Metro, the most basic, shittiest form of you know, transportation I think besides we're getting Yugo. into a DSM-4 issue. Right? <laughs> yes. There yeah, you I, go. I, I don't, I don't know on that front. But, <laughs> but the great <laughs> – Personality but, disorder. But the great – Geo Metro <laughs> disorder anxiety. What? So, but the great story with that was he ended up going to his local Hertz or whatever counter mm-hmm. one day. And Manhattan, of course, you have multiple. Yep. You know, so he goes down and they say, well, we're sorry we don't have uh, a Geometro Geo today. I said, well, where's the, where's the closest one? Mm-hmm. You know, which, which door does? And so they said, oh, you know, five blocks over here or whatever. So he starts walking over to this other place to get his Geometro and walks by. It must be Manhattan Mercedes, whatever the dealer there is. And so they had a – I think it was a, was a CL600. It was a, a V12 coupe in the window. And so he walks up to the door, doesn't set foot in the place, and says, you know, gets the attention of one of the salespeople and says, 
you know, what's that? I think that's all he asks. He says, what's that? And this is a guy who typically he's not wearing a suit, not, you know, not into that whole thing. <laughs> he looks like a cat guy. Yeah. yeah. So, he, so, he, so he, he says he's not playing that game. So he just says, what's, what, you know, what is that? And they say, oh, you know, well, that's the CL600 or whatever it was. And it's a V12 coupe. And, and so he says, hmm, you know, and how much is it? And he says, well, I'll, if you can have it on the park, if you can have it on the sidewalk in five minutes, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. And they said, "Oh, great! Well, you know, come on in, and we'll do he's, do paperwork." He said, "No, no." <laughs> he didn't hear what I said. <laughs> if you can have it in the on the sidewalk with the keys in it in five minutes, I'll take the car and I'll pay you now. Sure enough, four minutes later, car was on the street with key in it, and off he went to go wow. get his. Yeah, to the stories metro. of this guy are endless. I mean, there's I many others. He talks like a Bond villain. Like with the cat petting right. his cat the whole time. Hey, what's that? Bring it to the sidewalk right now, and I'll take it. You know, just he's just a big white kitty cat, and he's what, a, what an interesting guy. He is an interesting guy. How many th- Porsches does this guy have? And he never shows this stuff. We don't. See no, him he at has. Events. He has shown it. He has shown it at times. Uh, mostly in the past, he has shown some cars, and I would say he's got. Three or four right now. He, he's not a big volume collector. But he if you if you go there's... on the old <clears throat> on the old forums, you'll see some of the pictures yes. of the of the last nine thirty and also the green car. Yeah, when that's there was right. a, he, there was a moment he was engaged in sharing technical details. Yeah, he's he's very private. But on the other hand, he is on the forums occasionally. He doesn't put his name there particularly, but everybody knows who he is. With with you know people have addressed him by his first name. Uh, so he's not completely secretive. I just want to be respectful of him. He he's grown to be a friend. I consider him a friend at this point. He, he's he's also surprised me because, you know, it's easy for it'd be easy to poke fun at the leather and the beryllium and the ridiculous pricing and everything else that he's spending the into cat. these cars. The cat, uh, <laughs> the, the planes, the, you know, uh, uh, the shuffling outside of dealerships, all these things. But you know, one time I'm talking to him. One time I'm talking to him, and I say, well, you know, what, what's new? And he sends me this. He would send some of those photos he used to post on some of the forums. Right. And so he sends me a photo, and it looks like a damper for one of my old remote control cars from my teenage years, you know, like an RC-10 or a, or a Tamiya, where you had these little aluminum dampers. It didn't look like anything special. Usually he sends you something that's a carbon fiber headlight uh-huh. or a carbon fiber damper or something wild. And so he sends this thing to me. It just looks like a cheap shock absorber. I say, well, what, what is this? And he says, oh. He says, that's for a Humvee. And I said, well, what do you mean? What are you doing with those? He said, well, you know, the, the Defense Department called up, and they're having problems with losing our soldiers to IEDs. And the, the Humvee can't have an anti-roll bar because it's got to be a four-wheel drive vehicle. So it's got to mm-hmm. have full droop, full compression on both sides of the vehicle. They can't be connected. So they, the, the military determined something. I might get the numbers wrong here, but something like 45% or 55% of the deaths were not being caused by the IED. It was by the driver's reaction and the vehicle flipping over. Mm-hmm. So they went to him and said, and his company, so he formed this company out of all of this Formula One expertise. And the Department of Defense went to him and said, can you help us fix this rollover problem? Right. And so they came up with a damper in aluminum, not expensive. Well, expensive, but not How wild. about a roll bar? Could, again, they had to be independent for, right, to right. avoid, you know, they had a full, full off-road ability. And so he came up with something to prevent the, a, a damper that allowed full compression and full droop independent of one another, but reduced the rollover rate. Maybe that was by 45%. Wow, there but you it was go. a significant improvement. And then when the government couldn't pay for the dampers, he offered, I believe, to lend lease them in the old, in the wow. old way. 
so the, there's a guy that <clears throat> you know it's easy to make fun of, but uh, in terms of the the money spent on this project car, but he went went on to form a company that sold carbon fiber airboxes to Porsche for the 996 RSR. Remember the GT3 RSR had that carbon box and the lightweight wiring harness and the ceramic ball axles, all that He's stuff. He's an innovative guy. Innovative. Well, if you like Porsches, you're always okay with us. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you are nuts. Yeah. Because I think well, we're all, I, a, little we're all nuts. a little nuts, aren't and we? And we are huge fans of Cat Bob, and I hope we get to meet him. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with Pete Stout. We're going to talk about Triple Zero Magazine. Here are some useful car tips you might not be aware of. A coffee filter and a little bit of olive oil can clean your interior. Removing excess weight from your car will improve gas mileage, and you can place your key fob to your chin to increase its range. That's pretty weird, right? Well, here's another tip you also might not know about. TrueCar also helps people get used cars. That's right. TrueCar isn't just for buying new cars. With their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars, you'll enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience, whether you buy new or used. And with TrueCar, users can see what others paid so they know if they're getting a good deal before they're buying. They're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with TrueCar certified dealers. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, check out TrueCar and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. All right, we're back with more Spike's Car Radio. We're here with Pete Stout, a Porsche enthusiast and a Porsche journalist. I'm not going to make you an automotive journalist. You're a, a Porsche journalist. And uh, I've got your new magazine right here, Triple Zero. First of all, the name. Let's explain the name. Explain – and two, here's something I want to know. Uh, why, why are people getting into the magazine game right now? I know Hodinkee and Ben Kleiber, those guys just uh, had a magazine, and I was kind of confused by that because I thought everything was online. Tell me, tell me why, why magazines. Why magazine? Because I think it's a premium experience. I think there's some media that is just better consumed in print. I think that most media – if I was in the newspaper business, I'd be worried. And at some level, if I was in the magazine business as we've known it, I'd be worried. I did that business for 15 years at Excellence and to a lesser extent, a different way, three years at Panorama. Uh, Panorama will be fine. Panorama is, is part of an alternative kind of magazine. It exists for a different reason. It's right. part of your club membership, <clears throat> so right. that'll be fine. So you join the Porsche Club, you get that magazine. Exactly. Right. So that magazine is going to be fine, as will magazines like Panorama, where and they how, how much, exist, let me, let me ask part you of this. a package. How much autonomy did you have at Panorama? Quite were a you, bit. The club was great that way. Okay. Yeah, the club was great that way. The, the, the And that was really, in many ways, a gift from the editor before me, Betty Jo Turner. She was there for 43 years. Jeez. When, and when I think about magazines in general, forget Porsche magazines, I challenge you guys to name another editor that had a 43-year stint at any title. It's, it's Greg, What is a great Graydon Carter? Vanity Fair, right? Vanity Fair. Wait, how, right. how long was it? We don't uh, know. How long was he yours? Uh, this 42? 43 years. Okay, 44. She was, she was 40, He was 44. No, <laughs> right, you he got was me. pretty long. You got this right. I'm, you just got trying to, I'm trying to act smart. Like, but I'm really keeping tabs on I, I can't. I, I should have the answer follow up but to Graydon that But Graydon Carter is the guy you think yeah. of, right? right. And then, yeah. and then, then Rolling Stone yeah. with... Uh, Jan with, Winter. Yeah, Jan but Winter. We, you know, right. we'd, have to, we'd have to... How long for Anna Wintour? Right, Anna Wintour. So she's up there with the big guns. The big guns. Yeah, but a club magazine, right? But she... She and her husband Leonard kept that thing going, Leonard. and they and they ran that thing 
They ran Why that thing. Leonard a funny name? <laughs> because it's a funny name. Yes. Leonard. It's like my grandfather's name, Morris. Right. Yours, uh, Abe. Abe. Abe and my father, Harvey. <laughs> Your father, Harvey. Well, wait. What were we going to call our de- uh, dealership? Mor- well, Morris Mor- Abrahams. Morris. No. Mor- Morris no. Solomon's. Morris Solomon. Then who is Solomon? <laughs> my father's middle name. Oh, okay. So Morris oh. Solomon. Morris is my grandfather's first name, or was. Well, my so- he's Mor- yeah. Morris Solomon's prevails. So when we hear Leonard, cause. when we hear a Leonard. <laughs> Do I need to know more about this dealership? What was this dealership about? We just, no... we just have a name right now. Oh, you've got a name. That's we it. have a name. That's Morris part space. of the plan. Yeah. We could use your space as right. the dealership. Ah, okay. Right. And, and we I just need... think Morris Solomons <laughs> is a fine, uh, fine a car name. A purveyor of fine automobiles. So you're, you're yes. zoned for commercial. We're you're zoned good to go. for commercial. That's right. And so this podcast is really just a lead up to the dealership. Yes. So We've never said that. You did. business plan. We will be doing it shortly. Right. But let's get back to- Since we're talking about monetizing- Media, basically, the reason. For I just want to know print. why you did this. Like, what, I, what, what made you decide I'm going to just make this magazine? My sense was that there's a there's a spot on the landscape that was unserved. And my uh-huh. sense was that as the Porsche hobby has become more sophisticated, and as the the length of the company's backstory and back catalog has grown, as the, as the size of that's grown, my feeling was that there was a place for a magazine that that reflected the quality of the cars a little bit more closely but also was less advertising. Both mm-hmm. of the magazines I worked for in the past had somewhere between 55 and 70% advertising. Right. And all of these readers were saying, I keep every issue, and I go back to them. And I was thinking, man, we're asking you to keep a lot of paper that's ads. And so right. what would it look like? Especially to that weird parts ad of the guy sitting in the toilet. Remember yes, that, that guy? Yes, that was an odd one. There's been some I used other to come ads and complain and, to you about that yes, when you got to get rid yes, of that guy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't want to be sitting on the toilet and see another guy sitting on the toilet when I'm looking at car magazines. Well, and I had a Porsche executive when they, I shared the redesign of Panorama with this Porsche executive, a German guy. And I shared it with him on an iPad, which was right. new. And we, when we relaunched, we launched with an iPad, a PDF version. And I handed it to him at an event, and he he looked very emotional guy. He's not what you expect from the executive. And he, he looks down, and he swipes a few pages, and he says – he looks at me almost apoplectic and says, you have done it. And then he looks some more, and he finds one of these terrible, really ugly ads mm-hmm. and says – Oh, but you must get rid of these ads. <laughs> the other one I don't like is the guy in the engine bay poking his head oh, out and waving. That, that one's disturbing too. Yeah, it's no, just, that's that, not what's supposed to be there. It, no, it, I don't it, want to see your. That's going to wake you up at night. That's going to wake you up at night. Yeah, you're later going to you know think about your 911 having some guy in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah you open all that the stuff. Lid. You don't, don't want to open the lid it, anymore. It would it would get me upset. But so. that got me. But I looked at that executive and I basically said, No, you have to keep these ads in this magazine because this is a club magazine, right? And these companies help. They do and move right. the club forward. Well, so we also it's a, it's a place for us to go to find the parts. Even, right, even toilet guy to go. I <laughs> <Toilet laughs> may need something from him. And so at the it's end good of the day, at the end of the day, those ads, as in other magazines like Excellence or so many others on the old model of magazines, they they are responsible for the cost of the magazine. They, right, the right. ads are what the ads are what make the magazine go, and that model is fine if you can make it work. Mm, but right, I wanted right. to change the game and say. What would it look like in this crazy world where we're always looking at screens and we're always uh, – everything's coming at us? And I was getting Evo, which I love, mm-hmm. but they would start to stack up and I couldn't keep up with them. You know, 10, 12, whatever were showing up, and I'd start to feel bad about how many were stacking up and a lot of ads stacking up on my, right. my coffee table. And so I thought, well, what would it be like if we, if we hit pause and said four times a year something comes and it shows up and it's beautifully made mm. – 
It's got an embossed cover. It's got various surfaces on that cover. Mm -hmm. The paper stock is heavier. The interior paper stock is heavier than most magazine covers. What does that look like? And what could that be like where you create something where if someone's going to keep it, they have something to go back to for years? Yeah, it's approaching coffee book status here. That, and and right? the only reason we call it a magazine, you mentioned that earlier, is that we want it to be approachable like a magazine. <clears throat> right. You know, that's why we did a soft cover I'm noticing, a noticing cover. Uh, right away subscription cards didn't fall out of it. No. <laughs> yeah, we, we also wanted to get away from the hard sell. We so wanted to get did, away so, from all that stuff. So how do you do that? Did you Who did you partner with? Do you have a team? How, do, how does that work? Sure. Like, what does your operation look like here? For sure. So partner in this venture is Alex Pilevsky, who I used to work with at Sports Car International. Uh, we worked there for two years together and formed a friendship around cars. So you guys are the Woodward and Bernstein. <laughs> you got it. He's that, sitting out there right now. There he is. And uh, Waving to him. He's, yeah, he's that, falling asleep. I think, that, that I think we put him to sleep. That can happen. Uh, <laughs> but just... Great guy from way back when, and he was a sounding board all through the okay. formation of this project. And when the person who kind of inspired me to, to think this way, basically a, a guy came along and said, saw what you did, excellent, saw what you did at Panorama. I'd like to see what you can do with a, a clean slate, and, mm-hmm. and I'll be your bank <clears throat> on it. Mm-hmm. When that, so there you go. So you got a money was, guy. That was really the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then that guy's company had requirements of him that were much more important than me. You know, mm-hmm. we're talking about thousands of employees. Right. Other things happened, and he suddenly had much greater responsibilities than a hobby side project. And when I called two friends, one was Jeff Swart and the other was Alex, to kind of cry on their shoulders the night that it looked like it was going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. Both of them independently told me a joke, which is your business. And, uh, <laughs> What's the joke? I don't remember, but it didn't work. I remember that <laughs> I didn't laugh at either they joke. They were trying to cheer you up. They were trying to cheer me so up. So your money falls through. Money and falls thing, through. Uh, what, so you have this, like, maybe this dummied up version of the magazine that you're going to we make. You're we pretty, pretty far along. You're pretty far along, Pretty far along in the concept and of the this thing. And the funding falls out. So what happens? Next day I get a text from Alex, and he says, look, you know, I think I can find you the money. Right. Uh, call me this afternoon. They can find the money. Call me this afternoon, and I call him next day, and and uh, or call him that afternoon, and he says, uh, "Hey, I want to see you do this, and here's how we. I think we could do this." And my first thought was, "I don't. Whatever this could be, I don't want it more than our friendship, because we'd been friends for that point twenty years." He mm-hmm. said, "No, no, it doesn't have to be that way. We'll set this up the right way." And so we st- we launched in in late 2016. You know, I left. I left. Panorama in June, I believe it was, and or May, and took a month off just to go sink my feet in some sand in Hawaii, and then launched in July. Or I started working in July, and we launched late sixteen. Now, are you doing all the writing, or are you? No, it's, some of it's no, freelance no, for sure and the photography, we hire, and we hire. It's freelance, a spectacular-looking deal well, here. You. It's it's the work of a lot of people and, and a lot of conscious choices. One was uh, we partnered with Jeff Swart, who everyone knows, and I've right. worked with. He's been we a mentor Jeff. for me for. Yeah probably a decade now as well as a friend but then additionally uh, we specifically did not want to hire a car magazine designer so the designer of triple zero and largely responsible for the look of the magazine is a guy named justin page and he's ex-playboy by way of east bay express 
and uh, and SF Weekly. You can cue the mm-hmm. the jokes from here. But it to doesn't look like porn. it doesn't look like '60s Playboy. No, Justin's. All. If you look at if <laughs> you look at his background, he's... get a hold of it. Go, oh, <laughs> the haunches on that '73 RS. <laughs> it's like a fine oh, design. Well, that's magazine, what it was supposed to and be. That's what I love about yeah, it. It's, it's not the, like popular science. Just right from the cover, every picture well, makes you what say I want, that. It's what I want to aspire to. I, oh, it's what right. I want my hobby to be about. Well, and Justin got it from the get go when I told him what I wanted it to look like roughly i don't know how to get it there but i know what i wanted and when justin heard our brief he basically said you know it's simple is harder he well, said you know you, you know simple is harder what's nice about it is beautiful photography but it's not all it's also not going to overwhelm me with words like do you know what I, you, sometimes i get intimidated like you're saying you get all these magazines you're like god this is really going to be a chore to get through it and i've got my work i've got kids i have the wife and how am i how do I get through this? And then, you, like you say, you start to feel guilty. Well, and right? and, I'm, and as I'm going through this, I'm going, God, this is perfect. There's bite-sized paragraphs here. The pictures are Something big, beautiful, Something that you can look colored. at for three months and, and well, get through. You, oh. Yeah, you can keep visiting with it and look through it. But I know I'm going to be able to digest some of the information in there because it's a lot simpler. So beautifully put And together. it's based on a visual experience and more than a, a word experience. I mean, you talk about, too, is if you have three-month – you can be intentional in a way at three months. I wanted everything about it to be different than the way I'd done things in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, we, I think all of us, whatever our career is, whether it's soup Nazi in our background mm-hmm. or whatever it is, we're always looking for what's next and how do we take what we've learned and be smarter about how we use it. And so you look at that story of the R, in this issue on the RS, that's the 72 Paris show car. It's important enough in itself, but that wasn't enough of a story. We want it to also be about the 17 cars delivered as homologation cars. Uh, and almost no one knows that story. Yeah. Except for Conrad Scheib. Well, so yes. who do we go to? So Con- who do we you... go to? We went, we went, age, we went to that... Mater, Christoph Mater, and he told the story expertly. He and I paired up on it, but he did. He really deserves all the bulk of the credit. All this weird shit about driving to the wait stations. And, yes, and, and he all uncovered all that stuff along with guys like Kerry Morris, who has just a wealth of, of, of documentation. So those stories, when you have a three-month or a six-month or a year-long timeline, you end up with a wealth of information. When I talked to Christoph about this story, he said, you know, even in our book, even in Conrad Simon Gruber's book, which is the defining work on, on the RS-27, without question, either of the versions of that book, Mater said, even in our book, we don't have very much about the really a paragraph or two about the homologation cars. He uh-huh. said, so this is an interesting project. It's funny because um – uh, was it uh, the Crevier guy had one for sale about the two years one, right? ago? The yellow one, and and they were it was on it, eBay as it, a matter of and, fact. And, and everybody and, <laughs> you and buy and, anything on eBay. And unbelievably, it did not at that point did not have sex appeal. People were not understanding how special <clears throat> it was, well, we, and he didn't want a ton of money for it. And now the desirability is going to be explained once it's once it's documented this way i mean christoph went nuts with the research and we were able to use the appendix to mm-hmm. do that to show just how rare how unusual some of the documents i love all that, this stuff the weird handwritten and there's a certain yeah. type of german script that they would write with the way they make the letters look it's all in there it's beautiful these yeah. are all the perversions of our hobby right these that we get all off the, on you know, that yeah <laughs> <laughs> German writing. <laughs> really? <laughs> so 
someone's handwriting. Yeah. Perhaps. Someone's <laughs> handwriting in German. The so way the Germans write. So if stiff. someone wants to to subscribe, how does that work? There's not going to be like a school kid that knocks on the door and goes, you want a magazine subscription? Right. It's right, yeah. right to our Triple website, zero. which is easily Googleable. Uh-huh. Uh, it's Or you just go directly to it. It's 000magazine.com. And I'm sure you have uh, Instagram, right? Yep. That would probably We're be your Instagram primary as well, social media. Facebook, right? we played with Twitter, but we didn't see a lot of value Twitter's there. not going to do anything no. in the car world. It's really interesting, nope. that platform. It's it's hard to really make the car picture thing work on Twitter. You've got you, Twitter's the, more of a news feed for happening news, and that's it. But I Instagram agree. is perfect because that's that's the aesthetic, the photographic aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, I know. I had my lisp came out there. <laughs> that I think, uh, I think is a nice entry point for people who are thinking about subscribing to the magazine. You should definitely should because it's – Spectacular. Now, now here's Jeremy the question: writing. Do I, do yes. I, do I keep the magazine? Freaky what? documents. There it is. Do I keep the magazine when I get it? Like, you what do, do I, what do I do with it now that I subscribe? I get four a year. What am I? You do, do with it whatever you want. You never with throw it. it away. To me, it's it. The, it was built to last, and it's built to keep. It certainly is. It's uh, it's gorgeous. And I don't know if I've, anybody's explained these. We we've never really talked about them. These these stripes here. Those are one of Justin's. So on the binding, there's yeah these there's little colored stripes. Colored stripes that look like I, kind of like a like a like a like a pool cue or something. Like, like a, it's almost a, like the Paul Smith like I don't know the the, the clothing the sh- designer Paul Smith. So, you know, I asked Justin what that was about, and he said, oh, that's so that if you're looking for an article on that Aubergine RS that happened in a certain year, you can find it. And I thought, genius, because when I used to try to find old articles in excellence, I'd look at all those bindings on my shelf. And so I knew, you, you find it based on the color? Yeah, I knew roughly when when that article on, on Jeff Smith's Red Hot Rod that Dario right. Franchitti now owns – I knew roughly that it was somewhere around 2007 that we did that story. That remember the title of the story, Weapon mm-hmm. of Mass Destruction. I remember the author, David Conklin. But I can't remember which issue that year. If I'd had this, I could have found it. I could have this will it. help? Yeah, you just look. And at if me. I throw toothpicks on the ground, you'll say eight seventy six. Yes, <laughs> just like, yes. like Rain Man. Oh, yes, exactly. We don't we don't have exactly. that much uh, longer that we can record. But I, I want to just talk about the new stuff. Okay. So are, how close to the factory are you these days? Still pretty close with them? I tend to go over three to four times a what year. Do you, what wow. do you know? What do you? What's going on? Because we've heard a lot of talk about new models rolling out. We've heard talk about a uh, uh, slant nose. Yes. Ooh. New slant nose Porsche. Have you heard those rumors? I cannot confirm or well, deny you don't work that for the factory. rumor. I don't work for the factory. <laughs> no, I, that's one I haven't heard too much This is about. what I've learned watching all this Trump stuff is when someone says I can't comment on it, that means yes. Yes. <laughs> because you can comment. You can say no. That's right. not true. I can't, can't deny say, that. You can't, I can't deny that means a yes. Okay, so we know that's happening. And then there's also been this talk of this, this Speedster, this GT3 engined Speedster. Yeah, that's his head. A, yes. That's a very likely. That's case. very likely, right? And is I, it okay? Now, but, well, wait. Before we, I want to hear, is there anything else? Have you heard? And you, I know you're not going to tell us what, but it's there's stuff beyond that stuff. Well, there's all this stuff beyond that stuff, isn't in there? This, in this in this 991.2 line is what I'm saying. Oh, I don't know how much there is past. You know, we just had the touring, the T. We've got the RS. Right, the GT2 I, RS. I think we will see a Speedster. That's my sense, but I don't but know how many that. will we see enough that's, to satisfy that's a, the crowd? That's a big question. I mean, all the rumors point to, point to Speedster, but one thing to remember in all this 
is the tea caught everyone off guard. Right. You know, even Preuninger, I was with him on the event in France. Angry and even he was sort of like, I didn't even know. I mean, it, he didn't know about it. It went under. It went <laughs> what? It went what under. Does that mean? It went under everyone's radar. Come on! It, it was ridiculous. Skunk Works. It, it really was a Skunk Works car, and I kind of love it because it was sort of the production side. I love that car. The I production think it's great. side guys, right? Kind of got got to do a sort of GT car, a now, special the Speedster, car, right? The Speedster is very interesting. Kind of circles back to our original topic of discussion, and that is Cat Bob, and. In a way, I have to wonder if I don't know, and I haven't confirmed it, but I have to wonder if at some level old Cat Bob didn't help because Cat Bob uh, did a 911R and got exclusive, heavily involved doing mm-hmm. all sorts of things. What can you do? What is possible? And from what I've understood, uh, for some years, the exclusive and the GT departments weren't warring, but they weren't working together. And mm-hmm. that the 997 Speedster and 997, what was it, the Sport Classic? Right. Mm-hmm. Who a friend was heavily involved in, this guy Tillman Broadbeck, the father of the Ducktail. It's a very cool car. Really neat guy. That was his last car as the head of Exclusive. And so Tillman, Tillman didn't tell me this, but I've gotten enough sense, and next time I have dinner with Tillman, I'm going to have to grill him a bit. But I got the sense that the Sport Classic and the last piece of the 997, they were both supposed to have GT3 engines. And the GT department, someone in the GT department said, no way. Those are, those are ours. Those are not for you. And if the rumor proves true and the Speedster gets the GT3 engine, then it becomes a unique product. If you go back to that 997 Speedster, for me, it was kind of a miss. Because, first of all, I didn't love it visually. Visually, I thought it was kind of bulky in the yep. back and kind of just – It was just a gimmick. It just was a gimmick. But the biggest thing was you drove Alex and I – Drove a 997 Carrera GTS Cabrio six-speed manual with a Speedster six-speed manual back-to-back. The they drove the same. Yeah. And so it was double the price yeah. for, for a car that drove the same and looked worse. Yeah. So, and these things are jamming up in value right now. And, right. And I don't see the value in those personally. Right. It's not, yeah. it, it, I just yeah, don't I've get those that. cars personally. But everybody has their taste. But if that car had had a 997 GT3 3.8, wow, yeah. or if that car oh. had had a 4-liter, now so you would now have had a I GT3 get it. open top. Look at that little perspective he's provided on this exactly. car now. Now really I completely understand putting the it. curtain back yeah. on it, on, on, on decision-making, and, and, and we wonder why. There's a reason things don't catch on. Like right. that, like that 997 Speedster never appealed to us, and there's a very good reason why so, that we couldn't articulate. So Cat Bob didn't take credit for it, but I got the sense that in the in the midst of his R project, he got people <clears throat> to talk in departments that hadn't talked in a while. And what I have noticed is the two departments are cooperating, and they are – next issue, we've got a, a, a piece that's just about carbon fiber exposed with both groups talking about that. We could make so. Cat Bob and Jerry a very powerful. <laughs> if we bring oh, them together, they could, could be, be a You just force. said one of the greatest titles ever for <laughs> Cat Bob and Jerry is the name of the episode. We have to go well, to New York right. and record, alongside right? We have your, to do that. Alongside your dealership, it can be a, a, an Cat ice Bob. cream or a, uh, yeah. like a frozen yogurt And that'll place. be the beginning. We'll put them together organically. And then, and then feed them the ideas that we want developed. <laughs> and between the two of them, we will get exactly what we want. I think well, it's this, a uh, Pete, it's been a pleasure having you here, man. Yeah, thank we're, you for having me. We're out of time. We have to clear the studio for the next big show rolling through. Um, come back, though, man. Yeah. I, I'd love to come back and uh, have a conversation or have you back and have a conversation just about it. All things Porsche. I know the listeners really love it. Um, the magazine is called Triple Zero. 
you gotta subscribe. It's it's beautiful. If you love Porsches, you love good photography, you're gonna love this. Mr. Zuckerman, you can catch up with on Instagram. He's at the real Zuckerman. And of course, if you've been injured by a self-driving oh, car, God. if you've been run down by a self-driving car, piloted by, by a you will see piloted by a felon. You will see Paul's name on the inside of the ambulance doors. Right. That's how he gets the money for all his Porsches. He wins. And I'm um, Spike first, and you can catch up with me on Instagram. That's where I am most social with you. Uh, I love you all, everybody. We'll see you next week on Spike Scar Radio. Thank you. <laughs> that was very weird. You're weird. You're weird. You and your tap room. Thanks for listening to Spike's Car Radio. Download new episodes every Wednesday on the Podcast One app or subscribe now at Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com. Podcast One Sports would like to congratulate Dan Patrick for his hard-earned Emmy nomination at this year's Sports Emmy Awards with A-list guests from the world of sports. Dan Patrick brings you the inside scoop with a dose of humor. People are going to bet on that game because they have to have a reason to watch that game. Congratulations, Dan, and thank you for another year of the finest sports casting around. This guy's got it. Check out the Dan Patrick Show every weekday on Podcast One Sports and Apple Podcasts. And remember to rate and review.